That ain't no Etch-a-Sketch. Third test today, Mama Bear. Who is the kid? And he does fingernails. Would you like a free condom? Oh, well, I'll sell you some of my Adderall. So guess what? What? I don't know. I'm pregnant. Welcome to Cocktail Cinema. I am your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, Josh Price. I am here with the boys. Fozzie Bear, introduce yourself. Hey, hey, Fozman here. Gonna, gonna shed some tears and have some happy thoughts. Producer? And drink some Sunny D, hopefully. Uh, maybe maybe it's in the works. Our, our, drink our weight in Sunny D. What's up, everybody? Shasi here, doing some work behind the boards tonight. Pleasure. Yeah, so as, as our good man, Grego alluded to we're getting a little little emotional little little emo here today and uh we're watching (laughs) juno but before we get to the movie we have a really intricate cocktail for you guys so you're gonna want to take notes yeah yeah, yeah. so we have a sunny d screwdriver maybe we'll call it an orange tic tac for orange tic tac (laughs) (laughs) we can call it an orange tic tac it's um, funny because this is like my sunny day kind of drink, you know, but it's also kind of a rainy day type of movie. Right. You know, in right. some aspects. So all that's in this drink is two ounces of vodka and as much sunny D as you would like. Pretty sure you have you poured that two ounce. Yeah, but that I'm tastes, that, uh, Don't tell him. Don't tell him. <laughs> it tastes good. <laughs> hey, we're not we're not we're not getting pregnant tonight. It tastes like I'm on the golf course right now. <laughs> this is beautiful. <laughs> it's, yeah, these are these are strong. Mm, the tang. But yeah. Juice I forgot drink. how much I missed Sunny D. I've never been a super. I was like regular orange juice, like the the thoroughbred. I did too, but Sunny D was just it's a special place. Yeah, it reminds me of my grandma. Yeah, going to grandma's house. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, she never bought the good stuff. It was always this shit like Tampico. I like people in the love gallon jugs. People love Tampico at like the lunch line in in high school. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> but uh, hey, back to high school. I mean, yeah, let's go back to high school. I never got pregnant in high school. I don't know so, about you. Me neither. We're not one of the lucky. I ones. was not sexually active in high school. Well, there you go. Yeah, unlike Juno. So, before we get into the fun stuff, I hate when you say sexually active. <laughs> <laughs> Juno came out in 2007, and it was written by Diablo Cody. It, she was a uh, former stripper. Her name is Diablo. Diablo Cody. She never dropped that one, huh? I guess not. Not from the stage name. Um, but <clears throat> the this is her second film, and she based the relationship of Juno and Bleeker on uh, her and her best friend in high school. This movie was directed by Jason Reitman. It had a budget of seven and a half million dollars. And do either of you want to take a guess at what this movie grossed? At the box office, know, I'm gonna say it did really good, and it tripled its money. So that's like that's only 21. So <laughs> I'll go a little higher because of the times and stuff. That's I would only imagine 21. it's much higher. In 2008, I don't know what was it. What did you say? It came what? out in 07. 07. Yeah. So right before. So everybody's doing well. The economy's good. I'll take a stab and say 10 times 70 mil. It's probably it's got to be more than that, right? Two hundred and thirty-one point four million dollars. So that's thirty times on a seven million dollar budget. <laughs> on a seven and a half million dollar, and seven and a half million dollars is the the high estimate. That's there's, a there's lot some of singles say, for yeah. Diablo's stripper. Wow, <laughs> wow, this movie, impressive. The, like when you look at the return, this movie is off the charts Shit. successful. Yeah. That's just box office. That's not DVD sales. That's not rentals. Holy smokes! Yeah. Everybody like. This movie came out, um, I was 16, I was working at the movie theater, and I remembered it being very popular, but I had no idea it was 
super yeah, box office. I don't remember hit. it being like packed house. For no, Juno. I mean, it's not one of those movies where it's like, let's the, go check out Juno. Fuck right. Yeah. Well, but, it kind of was. Did it just have a long run? It was a big run, event. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. I, for sure. Maybe it just had a long like, run. Like, not even, I, I guess not in the movie theater, like you're mm-hmm. saying, but I remember like a few years after that. Yeah. Like, constantly still talking to people about the movie. Well, it's definitely stayed culturally relevant. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I mean, certain, yeah. I mean, this movie grossed, I mean, just taking a, a guess here, it, it grossed. Somewhere in the neighborhood of like the X Men movies, mm-hmm. like this. This was a solid return. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. I talked nowhere about, near the budget too. Right, like, crazy. Shit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess it, like I was saying about topics and like it's a very heavy movie mm-hmm. as we got into. But I mean, like obviously teen pregnancy, um, mm-hmm. abortion, both sides. You know, yeah. we can get, we'll get into that later. Um, ADHD. Yeah, um, it definitely brought know. a lot of different people to the theater for a lot of different mm-hmm. reasons. Yeah. Before we do that, though. Um, do you happen to have the cast in front of you? Yeah, for the most part. Um, we have Miss Ellen Page as Juno. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been in quite a few things. Um, I want to escape me that I wanted to bring up, but never mind. She was but, in She was in uh, uh, Super, Yeah. also the, with Rain Wilson. The one I was and, thinking of was when she like fake castrates the guy, but whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. She's, curr- she's currently on the Umbrella Academy. Anyway, continue. Yes, Michael Sarah, Polly Bleeker, um, Jason Bateman as Mark, um, mm-hmm. and Jennifer Garner as Vanessa. Those are the two that she's giving up the child for adoption to. Mm-hmm. Um, Olivia Thurby is her best friend. J.K. Simmons as um, Mac, her dad. Allison uh, Janney as Bren, Brenda, her stepmom. And I have to mention Rain Wilson as Rolo, <laughs> the uh, the gas station attendant or whatever. He, yeah. Small part, but... Third test today, Mama Bear. There it is. It was he was in all the promotional material. He was in all the trailers. Yeah, yeah. Rain Wilson. You know him as Dwight. Well, right. well, <laughs> if it isn't McGuff the crime dog. <laughs> Damn, I should have gotten a Dwight quote for for today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, any other big names we should be aware of? Uh, not really. Not to my knowledge. I mean, there's a few squirters in there, but mm-hmm. nothing, nothing too serious. I mean, nothing yeah. that come to mind. But do you, can you think of any? Not really. Okay. Not really. I was just seeing if it was anything that escaped me. Um, this is going to be a really fast uh, summary here because this is this is a real simple movie to to get down to brass tacks for. So <clears throat> Juno is a 16 year old girl in high school. Um, she she gets pregnant by her best friend after they consummate their relationship for the first time. Um, she decides she's going to give the baby up for adoption to Jennifer Garner and Jason Bateman. And the rest of the movie is about her pregnancy and her coming to the realization that the world is much more adult and difficult and complicated than she realized, and that her parents are always there for her. Hmm. It seems like her parents are always right to throughout the whole <laughs> they movie. Are. <laughs> like down they to are. the slushy. And, and <laughs> yeah, seriously. They're always they're always on. Yeah. Did yep. you barf in my urn? <laughs> no, it must no. have been Liberty Bell. Nope. <laughs> I want some blue shit stuff. She in just there. that she just dumps it in there when she's pissed. <laughs> pissed at her, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh fuck! All right, so Where I don't have start, any. Yosh. I don't have any direct notes for this. I was just kind of going off the dome for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess to to start, this was this is a, a fun little reunion for a few people from uh, Arrested Development. What a great show! So we got uh, Jason Bateman, who was Michael on Arrested Development, and. Uh, Jason, uh, Michael Sarah, who played his son, and even J.K. Simmons, who was in an episode as a general, might have been in two. But I, I love J.K. Simmons. The guy's great. His his beautiful personality shines through his bald head. Yeah, I, I love it. He's phenomenal. Like you think about, that's a guy who deserves several Oscars. Like I think he might have gotten one for 
Um, what was that drumming movie he did? Oh, uh, ah, ah, that movie was so great. Yeah. Fuck. I can't remember Fuck. the name. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But yeah, he, he find was, it. He was like the drum, the the cruel drum teacher. Yeah. Um. There's there's rumors that with uh, the Snyder cut of Justice League coming out, that his scenes from Justice League are gonna be uh, on HBO soon. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay. But yeah. Um, Whiplash. Whiplash. I was, trying, I was, I had wipeout in my head the whole time. <laughs> I was thinking slapstick, and I'm like, that's not right. That's a fucking Vonnegut book. I was like, I know it's not it, but I really want to say yeah, that it. movie's <laughs> awesome. Maybe we should add that to the list because that's that's some good shit there. Absolutely, Whiplash is, is solid. Um, but today we're talking about Juno. Juno, did you know? Did you know, like Alaska? No. Yeah, yeah, wizard. <laughs> <laughs> no, this this movie is is one of those. It's it's a true indie film. Where it, it just kind of meanders through the plot. Um, there's no real heroes or villains. It's just people living their lives mm-hmm. with with mistakes. Which and maybe that's why it, it made so much money because it, it hits home on a lot of mm-hmm. people's radar. Um, yeah, like we talked about ADHD. I mean, teen, teen pregnancy is obviously the main yeah. thing going on in this movie. The, the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she handles it like any other teenager calls her best friends on her hamburger phone. <laughs> and is like, hey, you know, I'm pregnant. And she's like, yeah, right, whatever, her best friend. Right. Um, but I don't know. It kind of, she's got so much support around her mm-hmm. um, in this movie, which is really good because not a lot of people have that. Right. Um, but it's. No, that's, that's a fantastic point to start with because, like. This is the ideal situation that you would want someone to walk into if they found they were pregnant in high school. You know, there's so many people that that are ostracized or, you know, demonized by their family and friends. And, you know, having having that many people that support her and are there to kind of guide her, but still allow her to live her life mm-hmm. is is huge. Like yeah. as a as a father, like I look at J.K. Simmons, and I'm like. I kind of want to be somewhat like that. Yeah. Where it's no matter Even what you do. Even tempered and, and, yeah. and just and, mm-hmm. you know, thinking ahead and, you know, instead of jumping off the handle and being like, what right. the fuck? He does make the one comment that says, I'm going to punch <laughs> that bleak kid in the wiener. Right. But it's, it's so <laughs> offhanded that you know it's like knee jerk. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's never, he's not that kind of guy. He's, he, like yeah. you said, he's very even tempered. Yeah. And, you know, Allison Janney as, as her stepmom, Brenda. Awesome. She, another great example for, you know, real life step parents where these kids are in your life. They are, for all practical purposes, your children, mm-hmm. you're raising them. And, and Juno knows that. Yeah. She, she shouted it out as um, her mom. She's got some um, mm-hmm. abandonment issues with her yeah. mom, um, all that kind of stuff. But even with that, she does have, we talked about the, the support system that mm-hmm. a young 16 year old would need, even though, I mean, the movie's called Juno for a reason. This is completely Juno's show. Yeah, and she narrates. Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. So, like, this movie doesn't necessarily need narration, but it almost feels like a, like a book adaptation because those moments where Juno's just kind of walking down the street or is sitting in a room watching someone do mm-hmm. something, there's narration where she's you're you're in her head a little bit. You don't Absolutely. you don't necessarily get that a whole lot in movies, and it was it was done well. Mm-hmm. It's just a surprising choice. Yep. And also, um, for an, another way of saying it's the Juno show is because she's a very strong personality, mm-hmm. even though she's her stature is very small, very short. She's mm-hmm. 
a quiet little voice, but she's got these. This is my favorite part of this movie. Um, I should say parts is like the quips and mm-hmm. the dialogue and then yeah. the the weird nerdy yet cool yeah. dynamic that it has. Like it's, it's like the cool kid, the, the nerdy, the cool kid playing the nerdy kid who's shunned by the cool kids for being too cool. Kind of, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, yeah, it, that makes sense. No, absolutely. It's it's the the dialogue in this movie. I remember that that summer or the following summer, um, the the speech patterns from this movie were suddenly everywhere. Like everybody was talking like this because mm-hmm. it's got that, that blend of, of retro slang and yeah, just so off the wall indie nonsense. Mm-hmm. Cause I think a lot of that has to do with her weird, mm-hmm. weird, uh, you know, eighties, nineties punk thing that she's trying to, you know, the vintage. It's, yeah. It's weird. She's, she's into like music from the seventies mostly, but she's definitely got that eighties punk. I don't care about anything personality and to, to the point where she argues with Jason Bateman's character about, you know, the music from the nineties being garbage. Yep. She's like, no, 77 was the year it was yeah. at. And she notices his Les Paul and like mm-hmm. they start jamming out and stuff. And you know, she, she brings up, she starts home wrecking. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a piece of work in this one. Yeah. Whatever. That, yeah. I got to get this out. Let's, and let's up, lay down. We front, can talk about music later. Yeah, let's talk up, about up this. Front, up front, I was really weirded out by Jason Bateman's character, Mark, when like they started getting a little chummy chummy. Yeah. And like he, he's like burning her CDs and then like they go over like the um, <clears throat> the masters of horror kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting on the couch and he's like gleaming at her like, what do you what do you think of me? Like, I'm like, this, yeah. is, this, is this motherfucker really about to kiss her? It was, you know, it seemed like that, you know. And then Vanessa came home, she and was it was so like, pregnant too, right? <laughs> she's she's hormonally says at one. I, mean, point. I guess he's trying to fight his urges to be a rock star from, from yeah. back in the day. I don't know. Well, he's got somebody that's enamored with him. Yeah, true, true, true. So he's got a, a like a built-in groupie. But what I'd like to say is, I I was the target audience when this movie came out. I was 16 that year, and watching it then, I didn't pick up on that, and I I think that shows the brilliance of the writing Mm -hmm. because it's written in a way where as an adult, you're definitely like this guy's fucking grooming. And even a lot of the things that they're talking about. And as a kid, you're like, Oh, he's just being mentioned on like the, any of the reviews and stuff like that. You know, it's it's Mm -hmm. like, what are we going to completely ignore the fact that this guy has a semi for this little kid? Yeah. It's it's weird to me. (laughs) Well, she shows up that one time. It's after her stepmom tells her, you know, you can't just show up out of the blue when people are married because of boundaries and it's things you don't understand because you're young. But, like, she walks in and she's like, is Vanessa here? Yeah. And and I remember remember seeing that and being (laughs) like, that's fucked up. And instantly, yeah, he's like, no, we're We're safe. safe. I'm glad you're here. I got something for you. Come on. All right, this movie's about to get dark. (laughs) (laughs) If it were made today, it would definitely take that turn. And I think it's a better movie for being this way because it's – it touches on that without making that the focus. Like well, and I think it addresses Juno stood that, up too. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. It's kind of what I'm getting. At. It, it, it addresses that Juno. This is part of Juno's life where she's got a just a muddled soup of all this shit that's coming at her, and that's one of the elements. Mm-hmm. This guy's kind of sort of coming onto her, and he's definitely. And she's like it, so it would be naive, so mm-hmm. naive to it, you know. And she doesn't think it's anything until it pretty much. You, you realize that she didn't. She didn't realize what was happening until Vanessa. She, 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 he said that she's. He's gonna. I'm sorry. He said. She said. He's gonna leave Vanessa. I don't think she ever realizes that he's hitting on her. I guess maybe not at all. I, don't, I think he realized when he she, knows. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, he knows he stepped too far. Yep. Yep. 
Because when he when he drops that I'm leaving Vanessa bomb, he's like, oh, fuck, I wish I could shove that one back in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that just needed to be up front and told. It did. <laughs> because I thought and you're right. Was... It, it does not get talked about enough because that's, from what I understand, that's how it starts. You know, yeah. that's how grooming starts. Yeah. And that old Lolita yeah, scenario. Yeah. Or, you know, if, if, if we want to start some online beef, you know, Onision, he's known for shit like that. Like bringing young girls into his team and, you know, tr- pretending to be the mentor. And then eventually, you know, the moment they turn 18, they're his, mm-hmm. you know, and yep. that's kind of the direction this would have gone if. That's that R. Kelly shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So it's something that's addressed <laughs> without being the focus. And I kind of like that. It's. The world is dark enough. Like yeah. just knowing that that is on the writer's mm-hmm. mind, it's like, all right, good. So we're aware of this. Yeah, I think like we talked about topical issues, but there's so many of them, and that's one of them too. I think. Um, but we got something to say about my topical issues. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I still want to laugh straight. I know every time mic. every time topical is brought up, I have something to say. But this this movie is pretty wholesome, so I'll keep it to a. It is a, shockingly wholesome. Yeah, I'll keep it to a dull roar about topical issues. It's and you, you saying you saying it's wholesome. It surprises me because it does address so many of those not necessarily wholesome mm-hmm. issues. Like the the topic of abortion is a huge talking yeah, point. Yeah, and here. I loved the fact that they rode both lines and they weren't. Uh, it wasn't div- divisive. It was it was quite tastefully clear portrayed that it was Juno's choice, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but without saying that we are a pro-choice film. You know what yeah. I mean? And then. Well, it, it, it <clears throat> portrays the choice the way it should be portrayed, mm-hmm. where it's you have the option. So many times when the concept of, of pro-choice or pro-life is, is pitched, it's one or the other. Yeah. When realistically, being pro-choice means you have the choice to terminate a pregnancy mm-hmm. or you can run the term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the way it's written here is this is exactly how the thought process would have gone. Like. You're 16, you feel like your life is suddenly upside Mm -hmm. down, that's the first thing you're going to turn to. Mm -hmm. But Juno finds that the right choice for her is to put the baby up for adoption. The one thing that I will say that kind of leans one way is because when she goes into the abortion clinic, um, it's dirty. And mm-hmm. there's some that's true. Some shitty receptionist there, you know. Would you like a free condom? You know exactly. Yeah. And she's like, "No, I'm off the sex." <laughs> so I think that was the one, <laughs> the one scene that kind of made it teeter into yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I can into see life, um, but overall, it was her choice. I think if you were going to going to juggle those two groups, you kind of had to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I mean. This movie is is supposed to hit a wide audience, and clearly and it, it did. It, and I was reading that it <clears throat> there was no from both sides that both sides of life and choice they supported this movie because mm-hmm. of how real it was. But and that's rare because yeah. if you're talking about that in general, it's it's a it's a it's a pretty black and white subject, which shouldn't mm-hmm. be, but it is nowadays. So. Well, what's what's interesting is like being in the church at that age. What people were upset about was not the concept of abortion being discussed, but sex before marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. the, the abortion topic was handled so well that the church had nothing to say. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. Like you can get that message out in front of people who are incredibly conservative and still be able to get your, your talking points across. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I, I mean, this is what we all love about indie movies anyway, mm-hmm. but this movie does it. Probably the best yeah. from this era. When she got her her shit, when she got a little bit blown up, um, got more a little bit more big 
Um, so yeah. they show that scene where she's walking through the halls before pregnancy, and it's it's crowded and she's nobody. Big really as shit. She's yeah. like four feet well, tall. That, that's that's what I'm getting at. Is like when she's walking through the 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 school unnoticed, kind of she's short in stature, and she's kind of just yeah, mm-hmm. weaving her way through the the halls like a normal yeah. teenager. And then once she gets to that point, there's that one scene where everybody's yeah, like yeah. over the shoulder parting shot. the red sea yeah. and mm-hmm. everybody's like holy shit she's yeah. a house and it's like yeah ima- <laughs> she's a house I'm, imagine like just 16 having to deal with that and you know it's it, did yeah. did you guys know anybody who got pregnant at that age no but i know a few that have done the a word at that age okay yeah i knew i i and later dated a girl that got pregnant when we were in high school it was not my baby. Let's point this out. Um, Holly, that, that is a beautiful kid today. Um, but yeah, her experience was similar and yet different. Like this was real enough that she was able to identify with the character of Juno. And it was, uh, I guess, fantastical for lack of a better word enough that she was able to escape into the story. Mm-hmm. Again, this goes back to writing. Like the, the dialogue doesn't land with me at this age, but it did then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still well written. It's still a tough, for lack of a better word, tough read as far as some of the the, mm-hmm. um, the Junoisms and and, <laughs> and things that come out. It's like, what the fuck is she talking about? Kind of yeah. stuff. But they make sense to her friend click, and you know, mm-hmm. which makes sense because right now we can't understand what it's like to be in high school anyway. So yeah, yeah. I don't think I understood what it was like to be in high school <laughs> right. when yeah. I was in high school. I mean, I was homeschooled, so I, I watched everything from the outside. Right. It was. Alluding bizarre. to that point, that I liked a lot when she was talking about the jock that kind of made fun of her about dropping yeah. a book and like must have saw your face until your book fell apart. And she goes on to be like, "He wants me so right." Much. <laughs> she, said, she said like instantly, like wasn't yeah. even faded. And Jock's like him, you know, yeah. and he's looking back. Yeah. That was a weird. I feel like that that part of the movie was just to like. I feel like that was Juno. Yeah, that was a little. It was bit. Juno being arrogant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe she's right, but <laughs> yes. But they made it a point at the end when her and Michael Sarah kiss and mm-hmm. track meet or whatever. The, that that he's jock's all, looking and yeah. all sad and shit. He's it's all like, dejected, like, oh man. It's like it would have made no difference without those two two <laughs> scenes. Completely, <laughs> but it was just to make Juno like that yeah. much of a badass. Which yeah, whatever. that Can't might be away. that might be my only gripe with the movie. Is they they made like Juno she a little was the cool girl too, that was too cool for yes you know the 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 stance and position she was in high school mm-hmm. that's kind of where I and I mean from. it's it's not much of a gripe on my end because they they do play into it enough where she's nice to certain people but when she's a bitch goddamn is she a bitch yeah, yeah so yeah. like it's 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 realistic in in like the character doesn't shift mm-hmm. that's just who she is mm-hmm. you know she's she she can be. She's kind emo. of a jerk sometimes. She's yeah. emo as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Without being emo too. <laughs> yeah, like right. this was this was that time too where emo and indie split. Yeah. And indie <laughs> kind of became uh like hipster. Conformist. Right. But she was obsessed with the time before that, like you're mm-hmm. saying, like Iggy and the Stooges. You right. know what I mean? So like like you see her break down on the side of the road in the minivan mm-hmm. in that one scene, but that's like it throughout the whole movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's pretty much just kicking ass the whole. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's a, she's she's a badass. And about being a bitch too, I thought it was really kind of different. Uh, Leah, her best friend, mm-hmm. um, the cheerleader. Hey, you yeah, know, you could go into early labor sucking face like that. That's right, Leah. She was surprising. I was the whole movie. I was expecting her to turn on her because it's such a sweetheart. So much of these movies that we see, Leah is very much the the popular cheerleader. You know, beautiful type, and you know, and Ellen Page is. Juno is the understated kind yeah. of grungy, you know, person. And yeah, I, thought, the I thought that they would right there already. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah. but I thought that they story. would have some kind of 
they would have some kind of argument or discourse you, between them. In the them. beginning of the movie, you think that, mm-hmm. and you also, like, if you can go back and remember for the first time you watch it mm-hmm. without knowing the story, like, you think she's going to get an abortion in the beginning. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, like, the majority of how movies or TV shows would, would happen, and it would mm-hmm. be about dealing with the, the abortion. abortion. Yeah. But it's, like... 10 levels past that, like, oh, psych, we're going to keep the baby. Right. I'm going to find, you know, somebody to, to Absolutely. who wants to adopt mm-hmm. it and c- come up with a whole second mm-hmm. half of a story. So. Yeah. Well, I think part of what makes that dynamic work is they kind of flip the script on those two archetypes where Juno yep, is, is kind of the, the sharp-edged, uh, you know, outsider. And Leah is, is just this bubbly, friendly cheerleader. Where in a lot of it, like you look at Mean Girls, where those archetypes are on display. Yeah. And Juno would have been, you know, very soft and quiet and kind. Mm-hmm. And the cheerleader would have been an asshole. Mm-hmm. But here they flipped it in just those two ways. And it, it made, it's like their friendship makes sense without it ever being explained. Yeah. Leah's on, on screen for less than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is what, an hour and a half but long But she movie. plays, you know, she was there when she told her parents mm-hmm. about her pregnancy and stuff. And overall support of it, that, that. That character and that relationship shocked me because mm-hmm. there was no problems between them. You expected almost between, yeah. especially between young girls mm-hmm. and stuff. But no, she was a sweetheart through and through, and I really am surprised by that. Yes. You know, cool, big, big shout out to Diablo for writing it that yeah. way. Well, and another thing I'm, I'm impressed by is looking back on it and realizing that most of Juno's problems she causes herself. So, like, yeah. the, the argument she gets in with Bleecker, like, that's because Juno went off the fucking rail. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that's... Stink eye. <laughs> the only <laughs> thing that's out of her control is, you know, the married couple getting divorced. Yeah. That's the only thing that happens to her. Everything else is a result of her decisions. Mm-hmm. And they don't beat you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this movie's been out for 13 years, and I just now noticed that that was the dynamic. Yeah. I mean, Juno always puts herself into a power power position. Mm-hmm. She, I don't know what it, she's maybe, an alpha. Yeah, Very. she totally is with being like we talked about her stature and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And but I think with that too, um, there was a play on um, you know ADHD and Adderall and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. In this oh, movie. well, I'll sell you some of my Adderall if you. And no it, thanks. And it I'm was and it was it was subtle, mm-hmm. but you can tell that just by judging by her character, how she goes through her life, how she talks, her little well, her that was little a, quips. That, that scene especially, they tried to make her like like the little punk more than any other scene, right? Because yeah. she's walking yeah. into the abortion clinic and Su Chin is <laughs> she's out still there. like, Su Chin, what's up? Yeah, so, right, right, right. <laughs> so not only what's up, but like, like I thought about that like watching it now, you know? It's like yeah. I, I hide my eyes, go like on the other mm-hmm. side of the parking lot and make my way yeah. in. Yeah. Where she's like, hey, I'm not that... I'm not that awkward. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to own this situation yeah. too. Yeah. And when she's like, you know, obviously when he says, oh, there's fingernails. Really? That's, mm, yeah. that's crazy. That's, that's the part that turned so, her around. Yeah. So they, they <laughs> also, fingernails. they really? softened that scene up. Um, as far as the reality of it goes. Um, I, when I was 22 or so, um, I went with a friend of mine to Planned Parenthood and yeah, there's, there's that that girl, but the majority of, of the people that are surrounding you know a clinic like that are there to make you feel like dirt. Mm-hmm. And again, I appreciate that they they brought up those talking points without mm-hmm. being bigoted about it. Mm-hmm. 
and they didn't and make anybody feel bad about yeah, they, they it. They went the extra step too. It's like it's Su Chin, like a girl mm-hmm. who's harmless, and then Juno one off saying like, "Hey, do you want to buy some of my Adderall too?" <laughs> right. But then it goes back to Su Chin like, "I'm off pills." Yeah. And it's like. And then Juno walks in yeah. and says she's off sex. It's one of those, <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, sex. like I, sex. I've had family growing up. Like when I was younger, it was like you're. I was outcasted just because mm-hmm. I, I like to. You like to party. I like to have like a good time. Hey, I like to have a good same time. Here, brother. I like you know to party. I mean? But it's like some of my family. It's like guys are so doped up. I'm like, should I wish I could get <laughs> right, it? Right. You know, like that's the whole prescription pills versus you know, recreational. So they, yeah, they mm-hmm. judge each other, and all oh, I can say is, "Somebody, I don't know. Thanks. I'm trying to get off the pills." Like <laughs> yeah. such an honest moment after yeah, the, after yeah. the fingernails. And this movie is super honest yeah. with without being without taking strong positions on anything other than be nice to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this movie is such Even a great Even how the parents escape. react. Like, yeah. you, you, you'd think that would be uh, add more drama to the story is like having the crazy stepmom and mm-hmm. the dad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't like, try to add drama. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it almost, I don't know. Like there's another, you're talking about drama, the one funny part, the drama, like when she's clipping up things about uh, dogs because he's a big dog lover. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, we don't even have dogs. Well, you're going to move out soon. And when you do, I want minor rhymers. <laughs> and then she goes and dumps her fucking Slurpee back in the urine again. Like, got you, bitch. Like, that's, that's, the, that's like the biggest, you know, I don't know. It's the, <laughs> the biggest no, verse level. If, if I, I, I loved my dad. Or I mm-hmm. still love my dad. But, <laughs> I mean, rest in peace, bro. Um, but, out. like, if I could choose other parents, it would be J.K. Simmons and, and Ask Janet. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like, J.K. Simmons, like, every role I've seen him in, he, he's he's phenomenal. And Allison Janney plays that strong, yeah. you know, very, very intelligent woman. Heck yeah. And I just imagine them as people being like they are in Juno. Just yeah. loving, caring, laid yep. back. Especially about her, Allison Janney Bren. <laughs> you come back to me. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, Bren, good. like when they're in the ultrasound scene. Yeah. Um, where she's like completely telling off the um, nurse, the yeah. tech, you know? Like, um, sorry, what is your. Actually, she's like, oh, thank God that you're giving it up for adoption, blah, blah. And, you know, the mom goes, I'm like, why do you say that? Blah, blah, blah. Skip yeah. ahead a little bit. And. Chases her out it's of the a, room. Yeah, it's, a, it's got a passive-aggressive thing that's going on with the nurse. And she's like, what do you do for a living? I'm an <laughs> ultrasound technician. Well, I'm a nail technician. I both think we should stay in our lanes or... Right, you know, stay in our professions. Yeah, 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 yeah. And goes on to, just, to belittle her because she's coming after a kid. Right. She's, that's, that's she's very... That's she's protective. Supportive. Exactly. Yeah, she's supportive that's her kid. Protect. Yeah. So Absolutely. That was great. So I just realized J.K. Simmons' character in this, right? Because mm-hmm. he's in the, the we, we Are Farmers. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were like, be Juno's dad. Be super forgiving. Somebody just had a tree crash into their house. And normally oh the adjusters goodness. come in and try to... No, 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 no. Be understandable. Be, <laughs> I think this is the, sec- the second episode the we, we're, we're, we're talking about insurance companies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If anybody wants to reach out and... <laughs> right. <laughs> Farmers, Allstate, we're repping both of y'all. Rocket. No, that's that's funny though. Because no, like, totally like, sure. he's an asshole in every other movie, yeah. right? But in a lot of yeah, them, yeah. He, he plays a lot of different roles. I guess well, I, yeah. he's, he's been in like when he's in Spider Man, he's a jerk. But he's a level right. he, like even in, in like Spider Man too. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the first one in Spider Man. Even though he's an asshole, he doesn't give up Peter Parker. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're then right, right. I think the only movie but. he's like a true villain is Whiplash. He's a dick, but then he has his shiny moment at the end. Yeah, I mean, he's 
What kind of? We'll get back. Like, I'm washed up too, and I made you washed up so we could have this jam session. <laughs> you, had it, you were you were aiming for the biggest stage. So. All right, it's different. We'll, we'll get back to that. But like, all I have to say about Whiplash today is we should watch Mr. Holland's Opus and Whiplash on the same. <laughs> no, I'm down. I'm down. This would be dope. <laughs> Holy hell! We're we're heading back to the little, 90s. Little, we're going back to the 90s. We stick it. We stayed right? it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we've been in 2007 today, and then. Our next episode is 2008. I know. It's just crazy. We're we've climbing. Been, we've been floating into the land a little bit. I'm getting a little, a little uncomfortable <laughs> when you go back a little bit. Well, not every movie in the 2000 era is good. All right. We can get, uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. He's referencing, he's, he's referencing uh, The Fast and the Furious, and I will stand by that movie forever. <laughs> yes. Total reference. <laughs> yeah. What other topical things can we get on this movie? Well... I, I had like a note. The gel. You're when doing the ultrasound. <laughs> oh, exactly. A little Ooh. lubrication, yeah. topical ointment. There's some of the gel in my pelvis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little lube there, dude. Lube, dudes. No, it was after <laughs> the, the ultrasound scene. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Make- we're, just, <laughs> we're just being assholes. <laughs> I put too much vodka in these. Oh, well. I think this is the first. Normally, we do cocktail cinema. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it's. These. You know, like a, a concoction of a drink where this mm-hmm. is just, like I said, I feel like I'm on a golf course. I'm, <laughs> I'm having another tolly here right now. Here, pass Go me, for it. Pass there's, me a, okay. there's a ton of Sunny D. I'm, I'm probably going to have a second one. Hell yeah. Let's do oh, this. yeah. Oh, I guess maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> one of you listeners needs to head to the liquor store I'll, for us. I'll pull out the rum. Oh, no, we're good. I'll pull out the rum. Plenty. The rum dinger. We'll, oh, we'll, we'll have a Caribbean sunrise. This is perfect. Do some short What a pool. great cocktail. Um... No, I, I just had one more note where it's it's so normally we talk about cinematography to some level or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no tricks in this movie. Nope. There's no there's no gimmicks. This cinematography, it was an intentional choice, um, where they did this clean, straightforward, and there's a lot of you know tight shots. Yeah. Um, and it was zero to little panning. It does it? Yeah. No, almost yeah. no panning. Yeah. They don't distract from what's going on on screen with how they film it. And it would have been really easy with that indie theme to have like some cool, like say if they, if they had shot this the way that Scott Pilgrim was shot, mm-hmm. this movie would have bombed mm-hmm. yeah. because it's just too much. Too and much, honestly, yeah. in my opinion, too much banter. Mm-hmm. Talking about the production, it's, it's really the only graphical, like you're talking about Scott Pilgrim as a comparison, mm-hmm. like the intro, remember, it's still like the comic book Juno walking yeah. on the street with the gallon of Sunny D. Yep. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. So it's like, that's the only, and like you're saying, it would be ruined if they did multiple scenes like that. Like mm-hmm. most people ended up seeing the movie and it's like the production and the soundtrack mm-hmm. are so raw. Yeah. Straightforward shots, straightforward audio. Mm-hmm. Like that's, the, it, you forget about the intro scene, mm-hmm. but it, it's something that would quickly... Yeah. Be something that would yeah. be a thorn in your side. Yeah, for, that's a good. Well, I can see. Sure. I can see it definitely 100%. being discussed. Where they're like, every time that Juno does her narration in the movie, yeah, there was a guarantee. There was somebody who was like, "Hey, when when Juno's inside her own head, let's do that stencil thing." And that cinematographer mm-hmm. and the director were like, "Fuck no, we're doing yeah. this straight." Yeah, and it's it's a benefit to the foresight of of these filmmakers where. I mean, just looking at the numbers, obviously they did it right. Yeah. But when you look at the craft of it, they didn't try to be over the top. They didn't try to. They didn't try to make more of it than it was, and it stands as, in my opinion, one of the best indie movies that's ever been made. Mm-hmm. And do you think that is because the writer? Um, I'm sorry, name escapes me. Uh, Diablo. Uh, Diablo Cody. 
do you think it's because it was kind of loosely based on maybe a experience that she had, maybe not herself or, you know, but something that she was linked to, she wanted to Partly. Create, create reality before. I think when it comes, distance? when it comes to the, to the dialogue, absolutely. Like that's all her, but, mm. but I think, I think her working with the director with Jason Reitman, they both kind of ever, you can tell everybody had the same vision yeah. on this film. Agreed. And when you look at the movies that came after it and tried to mimic it, like, uh, Nick and Nora, yeah, um, yeah, or yeah. Uh, one, oh, uh, wow, I forgot about that movie. Infinite Playlist. Yeah, there's 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 a, there's a few another Michael Sarah movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's like, like they were guy. looking for another success. <laughs> and that granted, dude. that movie did well, but it did not do Juno well. Yeah, and we've we've talked about movies that were like the progenitors of their style. This is the progenitor of that goofy indie style. the The only other movie that comes close is 500 Days of Summer, in my opinion. And even that is not as good as this. I love 500 Days of Summer. I love this movie, too. But it's like it's almost like the second time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Like, loved it nowhere near as much as the first. And I'm not even talking mm-hmm. about, like, seen it quite like a few this times, time yeah. around. Like, I've seen it a dozen times. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So when I'll revisit yeah. every couple of years. Yeah. But I remember that gap between the first time and the second time I saw it. It's like, mm-hmm. it's almost like... And, and, and any time after the first time does not take away at all. You right. know what I mean? I mm-hmm. still know how good it is, but it's one of those, it's like... That's how many people saw this movie. Yeah. Well, and this this movie it, it makes it rewatchable because mm-hmm. it's an experience the first time and it's a different experience every other time after that. Where yeah. the first time you're 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 engrossed taking in it the all story in. and yeah. yeah, you're taking everything in. And then every other time after that, it's almost like immediate nostalgia. Yeah. Like when this movie came out, like I said, I was sixteen. I saw it in that movie theater. I was a projectionist at the time. Oh, no, so I saw oh, I saw this movie oh, four shit. times in theaters. We're all learning about jazz. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I accidentally I accidentally lit this movie on fire. Injectionist. No shit. Yes. Cuz it was yes. cuz it was such heat, right? <laughs> it was it was hot fire. So um, the movie theater I worked at was in North Aurora and uh, like Wayne's World Aurora? Yeah. Yeah, right down the street oh, from where God. they were filming or where they did film many years later <laughs> i was there no um so this this theater it's a cinemark theater and at the time everything was starting to switch over to digital but we still had we had like the throwaways from every other theater that cinemark owned in the area because we were the lowest producing yeah. but we had we had 17 screens so we had actual and film a heck of a storage room we had <laughs> we did we had yeah yeah we had there the movie paraphernalia that I walked away with because of that, that storage room was outrageous. But as far as this film goes, I was a projectionist. We used actual film. And uh, so you could only play a movie a certain number of times before it would start to really wear out. And one of two things would happen. The film would, like, it, it's, it starts to shred and you get, like, this purple dust everywhere. We wrote a rap about it. Um, purple God, dust. Purple yeah, we, we wrote we wrote a, a rap called Purple yeah, Dust. Purple it's a mix of between dust. lean and cocaine. <laughs> right. It'll get you high. <laughs> we were loopy as shit. I was I was straight. Or it's ten millimeter, super flammable. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the it, it would either break or it would burn. And I happened to be like standing at the projector, and I was just watching the movie. I had the door open. Nobody's in the theater below me. This movie's been out for a month and a half. You lucked out. Nobody's I'm, there. Yeah, there's nobody there. And I just start, oh shit, something's on fire. I wonder which one of these. And I turn to my left. It ain't and no the, popcorn. The, the <laughs> projector is smoking and I see the film, like where it burned and broke, it snapped and it starts flying Fun, through the man. projector. And then everything gets super bright because there's, yeah, it was, it was an experience. Mm-hmm. It was great. 
I used to love when film would light on fire. <laughs> but this is one of the movies that, that I accidentally burned up. There you go. So now we're kind of winding down. Um, I think we should touch on one last part, if that's okay with you. Um, I'm good with it. I, I, oh. I think I'm good with it, too. So, yeah, let's run it. All right. So <laughs> we talked about how Mark and Vanessa were breaking up. And mm-hmm. Juno takes a trip over there, leaves a note on the door or at the door of mm-hmm. the house. And then we later found out it says, if you're in, I'm in kind of thing. Yeah. So at this point, Vanessa and Mark are broken up. Um, and Juno has seen Vanessa in a couple of scenes, like at the mall where she's mm-hmm. like running around with like a niece or something or a friend's child. Yeah. And it just, just the amount of love that she's trying to put forward. And like, she's, she says that she's born to do this. Jennifer um, Garner just killing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that's important because even though she's not giving it to the, the, the same mother and father figure that she wanted to, she, her mother left her. And her dad did it by himself good enough to make it work. And I think that she put all of that trust into Jennifer Gardner's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end in the hospital, um, there's a few things that go down um, that were... How do I look? Exactly. Like I sh- I'm scared shitless. I'm not going to lie. I shed one tear <laughs> last night to that part. Uh, just... He's not lying. He texted us. About I was it. like, "Fuck, man! I should have. I really fucking cried in this movie. What the fuck?" So anyway, um, been on a rampage after that about a completely <laughs> different movie. But stay tuned. Hey, stay, stay on topic here. So wave. Of, that's why we're saying this is stay evil. on topic. It's for us. <laughs> it's for us. This is for me. <laughs> but no, I think that's important to talk about because we didn't touch on that part at all. As far as the the carryover from her respect and trust into Jennifer Gardner's character, um, and she just let it fly, and you know. Every, it was just like that. And then that whole postpartum kind of mm-hmm. thing where, where Bleeker's like holding her in her hospital bed with his yeah. running cleats on. He knew that she was having the baby and just came around. And kind of, it was yeah. kind of a... When they have that, that narration beautiful moment where yeah. she's like, Bleeker didn't want to see the baby and I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. I wish I couldn't have either kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. He had a big track meet that day, so I didn't tell him because I don't want to get worried. But mm-hmm. he figured it out. And he was mm-hmm. like, he's running his lap and just goes up the bleachers mm-hmm. to exit to mm-hmm. go to the hospital. It's yeah. like... Fucking true this love. And very it's emotional. like, yo, it really doesn't take a huge budget to make some fucking heartwarming yeah. shit. Even yeah, for us, like, yeah. well, Greg was like, we're cold. Dude, I teared up bitches. a little bit. I was like, I was like, I, you, t- you too? No, I didn't. I didn't do that. <laughs> well, I think Ellen Page Greg. is a great actress. I think, um, like I said, it's the it's the Juno show, and I think Ellen Page is one hundred percent an actress that mm-hmm. can do. Many she's, different she's roles that she woman. has. She she's is a great, great woman. actress. Okay, okay. I'm. I did not expect to disagree with you at any point in this conversation. Ooh. Ellen Page is great oh. in this movie. I would not say she's a great actress. Okay. I think. I think. I think everybody else around her is phenomenal. Like Michael, her and Michael Sarah are kind of the same person, where they are really good at one. Jason character. Bateman too. Jason Bateman's got rain, a little bit of range. Like, I mean, but he's still like... A, he, like he does a lot of they the put same. Him, I feel like they put him in a different situation. Well, look at him in Ozark. Like, he's totally different in Ozark. You put, but it's like... it's like I'm just saying this, the story is that much more mm-hmm. uh, polar opposite. Well, that's what I'm he's saying. Like, he's still gapped in there. It's not like him doing... St- Ellen Page could not do Ozark, and neither could Michael Sarah. However, what makes this movie so great is those pe- those two actors yeah. are perfect for this role. That's why, like Michael Sarah kills it in this. Ellen Page kills it in this. Yeah. But not all of their their movies are hits because they're not phenomenal actors. They're just sure. really good 
at, and that at role. tapping I guess the, into that role. I guess the two that I'm really thinking about is um, Inception. I think she did pretty good in that movie. Um, and mm-hmm. also Hard Candy was the movie I was trying to get to before about mm-hmm. like, her fake castrating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard Candy, she's I've a never bad seen Hard motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. You should watch that. And you know, if we'll watch Hard Candy, and if I'm wrong, I will eat my words, yeah. and we'll have crow for dinner. Like, Beautiful. Love crow for hey, dinner. We, in this house, we love crow for dinner. <laughs> we do. We, we, we own our mistakes on this podcast. There was, there was like, anytime I think of Alan Page, I always remember the Steve Colbert joke. It was like, Way before his talk show, like mm-hmm. when he was on the uh, on the Daily Show, yeah, and and she like stopped by on that, and he was like, it was right after she came out as gay, like at whatever mm-hmm. award show that was, and he I had, remember that, yeah, yeah, he had her on right after. He's like, so he's like, recently you openly came out as Canadian. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes, and it's so anytime when someone brings up Ellen Page, I'm like, did you know That's that hilarious. she's already looking like Canadian? And they're like, she's wait, are you trying? I'm like, no, she's really Canadian. Is she, is she Le- I thought she was Lebanese. <laughs> no, she's Canadian. It's wild. <laughs> I thought so too. She's Canadian. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Josh? I think this is a, this is a good movie. Um, it's a it's a heartwarming movie, and uh, just to just to kind of hit some of the serious notes here, um, this movie talks about you know mental health issues and ADHD and postpartum depression and divorce and relationship issues. So if you're having a tough time in your life, this could be a good movie to have a, have a soft. It kind of gives you options that Mm -hmm. may, may not for your situation, but like, uh, alternative options that can mm-hmm. bridge the gap too yeah. you know what I mean like some non-obvious options that mm-hmm. can bridge the gap like and just leaning yeah. on a good friend and if you haven't friend. seen yes. it since it first came out check it out man and it, it really it really no absolutely yeah. it's well rounded well rounded good flick and I, uh, I know from personal experience sometimes when you're struggling it's hard to reach out to somebody sometimes and, and a, a, a movie will do you good and if you're in a tough spot watch Juno. It'll make you it'll make you feel a little bit better. And if it doesn't, you'll at least feel like you were around someone. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's all you need. Um sorry to get kind of kind of deep on that one. No, but don't be deep, man. This is what it's all about. It's it's the message portrayed. Yeah, this this movie is all about, you know, finding those people that are there for you. You know, and being there for other people. So if you feel fuck, if you if you need somebody to talk to, hit us up. Yeah. Like we Word. are we are checking we are checking our messages daily. So if if you need someone to talk to, definitely reach out. If you want to yep. talk to a stranger about what's going on, we're there for you. I'll bro. be your J.K. Simmons, bud. Yeah, we're all there. Absolutely, for you. I'll be. That's going on a T-shirt. I'll be your J.K. Simmons. <laughs> yeah, no. We need to start an emotional insurance company <laughs> and, and hire our boy J.K. for that. Yeah, right. We'll, we'll just start plugging it. Just bum, 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 bum. <laughs> speaking of pluggage, let's. Should we plug? Yeah, yeah. Should we plug? Let's Maybe plug it, boys. So. Let's put a, let's put a right. plug in this one. So, you can find me, your favorite bartender. On Twitter at the price is right three one two that's R I G H T. You can find me on Instagram at the forgetful writer three one two. Can you tell I'm from Chicagoland? Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com/slash/the price is right. That's W R I T E. If you support us, uh, you'll find some uh, exclusive content. I'm gonna just tease it that way, not tell you too much. He showed me his Show nipple. a little ankle. He showed me his nipple. <laughs> you get the ankle, I get the um, And Patreon is also a good place to get a hold of us um, if, if you have suggestions for movies or if, you know, you just want to talk. Um, Greg, I'm always forgetting something. Know, what man. is it? You know, what is it? What is it? Let me just tell you. It's it's your book, man. Your book. The Reaper. Uh, the yes. Reaper in the series. Right. I think we, should, I wrote a we book. should get into this. So I wrote a book. It is the first in a series called The Gatekeepers. The book itself is called Reaper. 
Um, it, you can find it on Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, anywhere online. You buy your books in hardcover, paperback, and ebook. And next year, we're looking at doing an audiobook. Um, I'm also currently shopping around the sequel, so keep your eyes and earballs peeled for that. Your balls. We also, <laughs> Greg thought I was throwing it to him. We also are, are about to start a, uh, a YouTube channel. We're gonna we're gonna be doing uh, some of the same stuff. Super pumped for this. Yeah, one. we're we're looking at doing some live podcasting. We're doing looking at possibly doing some Twitch stuff, sooner, and we're also going to have now a few... because of another shutdown in Michigan. Yeah, right. <laughs> if, if you guys have been around since Godfather and kind of seen the mm-hmm. growth and progression of how our format is and the production quality, you're yeah, you're be excited for a whole Especially new level. The production of that. Quality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like Greg I mean, said, you're gonna be able to see us messing everything up. <laughs> right, <laughs> my, my better production. You're gonna be able to see no. us. Not get You'll get to see me and Greg messing everything up, yeah, and yeah, Shasti yeah. being the master and of the him, mix. And him fixing our bullshit. <laughs> so, um, as Greg said, uh, as of recording this, your favorite bartender is unemployed. So he's going to be pouring his heart and soul and uh, time into doing some video stuff. We've got a series called thesis statement coming out on youtube soon so keep your eyes peeled cool greg and i will also be doing a director series shortly after that so looking forward to that super pumped man grego uh, yes yes Fozcast. you can find me at the Fozcaster on twitter um i just want to shout out our patreons and subscribers our new ones and also the people that are listening the people that are liking sharing um it's it's been fun so far we got our our 500th um, download, download. Today, yeah. So it's a it's a big uh, big yeah, milestone for us. So yeah. we're, we're gonna we're gonna double down on that, and then we're gonna have a uh, a little shindig. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe live party. Live, live party. party right. Everybody's invited. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, kick it over to uh, the producer, the brains, the like master. Like I said before, if you've paid attention since the beginning and seen our growth recently, you've seen a logo change. Mm-hmm. Uh, take my plug time to plug Saki, our good friend. He yes, gave yes. us a, a bunch of different variations of the logo. We're going to be doing seasonal shit, t-shirts, yeah. hoodies possibly. Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah. Shots got bands on Twitter. Yo. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and I would. we haven't said this in a while, but all the music you hear in our episodes is produced and often written by Shasti himself. Yeah, most of these beats, but this is me playing guitar, like just fucking around. So There it is. Thank, thank you, Josh. Yeah. And then obviously all of our clips are live produced by Shasti every Tuesday. What? I don't know. (laughs) We love you guys and say goodbye. Third test today, Mama Bear. No. There it is. Little pink plus sign is so unholy. That ain't no etch-a-sketch. This is one doodle that can't be undid, home skillet. <laughs>